One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 137. Today, I have such a treat for you. You've probably heard today's guest on the podcast before because she is my co-host for Making Good Book Club, Sherelle Griffith. But she's also a brilliant marketing expert that I'm thrilled to have the chance to interview her today. In addition to being my amazing co-host for the book club, Sherelle is also a marketing strategist and business mentor for coaches, consultants, and online service providers. She works with ambitious entrepreneurs who are single-handedly taking on the world and trying to market, manage, and build their businesses. I think you're going to find this episode really, really inspiring because we talk directly about some of the overwhelm that many of us are feeling when it comes to social media, and we explore ideas on how to market our businesses in other ways. In this episode, we discuss the marketing landscape overall outside of social media and great marketing alternatives and complements to social media, how relying on social media trends makes planning more difficult, other ways to reach people outside of social media, how to decide what to do when you have lots of ideas, Sherelle's three TikToks per day experiment, the what and why of long form content, the power of email marketing, and more. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Here it is. Sherelle, welcome back to Making Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back, not in book club Sherelle mode. (laughs) Yes, although we love book club Sherelle mode. You actually, this is just occurring to me as I'm saying this, that you are the most frequent person on this podcast besides me. So I'm thrilled. Yeah. But today we get to do something extra fun, which is, um, so those of you who haven't listened to book club episodes, first of all, you really should. But second of all, Sherelle is my co-host. And so every time we have a book club episode, which is once a month, Sherelle will come on and just kind of like help with the conversation, help guide the takeaways. She always has super different takeaways from me. And she's a longtime book pro. She runs her own book club. So she is the perfect person. So if you haven't listened to any of the book club episodes, do that. But today we get to have her for something totally different, which is I get to pick her brain about some of her marketing and planning expertise, which is going to be a blast. So thank you for agreeing to come on in another capacity. No, I'm super excited. I could chat about marketing stuff all day long. So the fact I get to come and talk about this instead of books brings me lots and lots of joy. (laughs) Yay. Okay. So for those who may not be familiar with your background, could you just share a little bit about um, what your business looks like and maybe a little bit about the path that got you to where you are now? 
Yeah, of course I can. So my name is Gerald Griffith and I am a marketing strategist and business mentor for solo coaches, consultants and online service providers. And I really see myself as someone that helps people to like shine online, attract their dream clients and ultimately build a business that they love and really fulfills them both like financially and with the amount of joy it brings them. And my journey to marketing definitely wasn't conventional. So I actually did my undergraduate in contemporary dance, which everyone's like, what? Which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I was always like one of those people that was like creative and arty when I was young, but also was quite like geeky. And I really liked maths and science. So I was struggling with that the whole way through school, but decided my body would die before my brain. So I decided to go and do a dance degree. But by the time I left, I absolutely knew I was never going to go on the stage. And in my third year, I actually ran the student dance company and it made the most money I'd ever made. They sold the most of my performances and workshops and everyone was just like, clearly you're just made to like be like behind the scenes of it. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I really liked business and marketing and all that stuff. So I went and did my postgraduate in arts administration and cultural policy, which is pretty much like doing like an MBA, but for like arts rather than doing it for like corporate um, commercial organizations. So I did that and I spent... 10 years in London working predominantly in live entertainment. So working for like international touring companies, um, a ballet company, some big West End productions, big marketing agency. So I had marketing both in-house and like agency side. And then in 2016, I started a book club called Propel Hers Book Club. And that really opened my eyes to like what was happening online. And I was mm-hmm. running it actually in person originally. So I was meeting a lot of women who had city jobs that left, that were running their own business. They were really ambitious and they weren't achieving what they wanted because they just didn't know how to market themselves. They had a really great service, but were not able to translate that to online. They were struggling to like get a website up or do social media. And they were just like baffled. Whereas I all of a sudden just like woke up and then a book for my book club, I then ended up having like a YouTube channel and a Facebook group and was like on every single social media platform. Everyone was like, you're everywhere all the time and you have a full-time job. What? Like help me. And so in 2018, I officially like started my business, which is, um, you can find everything at shirellegriffith.com. I started blogging there and basically trying to just help as many small business owners as I could through my advice. And that's continued to grow. And now I really like focus on helping people on a one-on-one basis. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Such a fun intro and also such an interesting, I guess, transition. I talk with a lot of people who have done the transition the other way. So maybe they studied something like really quantitative or more like numbers or I don't know. I don't want to use the word logic, but like something very different from something creative. And they've switched gears later on to go do something creative. But I love how you had it the other way around. Like you were studying dance and art and then have transitioned. Not that you're not still creative. Marketing is a very creative practice, I believe. (laughs) But like I know you as someone who is so um like organized and plan oriented and all of that. So it's such an interesting shift. Fun to hear about. Um, One of the things I know that we wanted to talk about today was, I guess, just digging into the connection between social media and marketing and how they are not the same thing. Um, I know a lot of people right now are feeling really burned out by social media in particular, Instagram, possibly being the worst offender, at least of (laughs) the people who listen to this podcast. A lot of us like Instagram is the main one that we use. And just with the way that everything has shifted, 
you know, away from photos and towards more video, the demands that we feel on like what we're expected to create to keep up, I guess, it can feel really unsustainable. Um, So a lot of us are feeling burnt out and just like, we can't keep up when it comes to social media. Why, like, what is going on with the social (laughs) media world? And could you dig into that? Yeah. That concept, I guess, a little bit of like, what is there beyond social media when it comes to marketing? Yeah. So I think in terms of the the pain of trying to keep up, I think one of the biggest things probably at the moment, and I, you know, I would say exactly the same things happen with me on my Instagram, is that the organic reach is declining. And we see it across every single social media platform. The fact is the newer they are, the better the organic reach is. And then as they become like m- m- more mature, the organic reach will get less and less and less and so it will mean like you will feel like you know i have this many thousands or this many hundreds of followers but only such a small percentage of them have seen it and that's why when you're talking about Lauren about then feeling you have to like keep on creating more content and keep on going because you're like actually to even make sure just all the people who follow me see it i have to post something like how like you feel like the frequency you're trying to post has to keep up because i will say to people like mm-hmm. we are massively lucky if five percent see it so i'm like that means only one in 20 posts i do someone is gonna see like that's the way like, that could be someone who follows me only sees one in 20 and i used to have a schedule where you know i was posting five times a week so i'm like that could be a whole month and they've not seen anything from me like that obviously is very easy to then think the way to get out of this is to create more and then the fact when we can um, um combine that with the fact that so, so instagram and most of the platforms, if we're honest, have had this transition away from as being more text and either like a photograph or a graphic base to now being video. That can be massively time consuming for people. If that's mm-hmm. like, I think people either get video and they like manage to find quick ways of doing it or it takes forever. Like when we first got reels, I'd, I'd feel like I'd spend like an hour trying to make one. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> And at least like, oh my gosh <laughs> then there'll be some sort of glitch and the fact that i would managed to perfectly time like i'm a bit of a if you've never seen me i'm a pointer i like to point on the beat and then the, there'll <laughs> be a glitch. <laughs> i know like loads of people really frown upon it i love it i live my best life but then yeah, they're like i love it too <laughs> then there'd be a glitch and then it wouldn't even be on the beat and i'd be like i've just wasted a whole hour and then that can be like, it can be really frustrating. Also what it has made a difference. I particularly would say now, if you're in TikTok or if you're in Instagram, is this like reliance on the trending sounds, which what has also helped, I think, make the problem worse is it's meant that people can't actually plan as ahead as possibly before, because before you could feel that you could maybe like, you could have a bit of a better process in terms of content planning and even repurposing. You could be like, well, I've made this, and I can post that out again in a few months' time. Whereas now we're coming so like reliant on trends, you feel like I've got to keep I, like oh that's just come up. I better try and make it now. Like oh that's this is what's trending this week, so I better try and incorporate that. And it means that you can feel that the the frequency you're having to create new content is getting quicker in order for you to stay on trend. Yeah, totally. It's overwhelming just hearing you talk about it, but it's so true. (laughs) And I think the trending audio comment is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but it is true that if, so for those who may not be as familiar with Reels or TikTok, 
there are audio trends where a great way to be seen by a lot of people is to jump on one of these trends that, you know, is getting a lot of exposure at the moment. But as Cheryl's saying, you can't really plan ahead because you don't know what trends are going to be trending. So it's really kind of just like in the moment you have to notice it and capitalize on it right away or else it's kind of the time has passed. So um, yeah, for those pre-planners among us, that <laughs> is definitely a challenge. So obviously we've talked a little bit about why social media is so exhausting these days. What are the alternatives? Like how can we continue to see the results that we want to see without going down the path that you just described of like more and more and more time, more and more and more content? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is to remember that social media is an an option when it comes to marketing, but it's not the be all and end all. And it's not the only thing. I think for many small business owners, social media, at the end of the day, it has changed the game. There was a world before where you just wouldn't have by yourself been able to reach that many people for free. And it's the fact that it's for free, which is why it's become, in my eyes, the go-to for most people. But there mm-hmm. are there are other ways. Like there absolutely is. You could be using email marketing. You could be doing long form content marketing. So that's where like you can make podcast episodes, just like Lauren does. You could be (laughs) having a YouTube channel. You could do blog posts, which is what I use for my long form. You can use, you can have like a website that has really good SEO and that drives people there. There are like ways to be like collaborating people and partnerships. And some people do like, we'll do affiliates and official like partnerships that way. Um, I'm trying to think what else off the top of my head. And also... There is a world of ads. Like actually, even when we think about social media, majority of people will focus on doing organic, which does mean you are constantly having to do the work. But there is an opportunity to do like digital advertising, whether that is on social media or on other places like Google, YouTube, etc. Right. So a lot of the main purpose that I would say a lot of my listeners at least use social media for is getting in front of new people, like growing an audience and reaching people that haven't heard of their business or their product before. And now because of social media, they have. What are ways that that can be done? I mean, you mentioned a few of them, but maybe going into a little more detail, like if someone says, okay, I realize that I want to consciously scale back the amount of time on spending on social media I realized that that may have some implications on my reach. Like I might reach less people if I spend less effort on social media. So how would someone go about thinking through shifting that energy and hoping to get like as good or better results reaching people elsewhere? Yeah. So first of all, what I would say is also look first at your actual current social media and is it designed to truly be reaching new people, first of all, because lots of people I feel like are spending a lot of time creating content and in their head, they think that's increasing their visibility, but actually Mm -hmm. it's not (laughs) because you could be creating content that it's just not designed to actually get in front of new people. So I say to people, if you're trying to make visibility content, that is going to be content that actually probably is going to get shared or is going to be something that people can, like, it's going to be like, if you're on Instagram, it would be a reel that is a piece of content that gets pushed out to non-followers. So actually, depending on what you're doing, you could be making like a whole load of beautiful carousels that are taking you forever, but that actually isn't a visibility thing because 
unless it's high value and it's something that someone like you might have asked, like tag a friend if you think this is useful or if you know someone else, like, but if you haven't got those types of calls or actions on it, actually what you end up with is something that your followers are valuing. And that is useful in its own way. And it might be that that's a piece of content that's designed to convert rather than visibility. But I just think it's really important to really look at and think, actually, am I even creating content on social media that is to raise my visibility? Just being on social and posting multiple times, that's not actually necessarily a visibility strategy. So that's just one thing I want to out there. But that's <laughs> such a good point. Yeah, that is such a good point because so many people are resistant to using reels, for example. But if the point of what you're showing up on social media is to reach new people, your time really is best spent there. Um, even if that's not as comfortable. And there are ways to do reels that don't involve your face or pointing or dancing. <laughs> um, like you can get creative and, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to approach that, whether it's uh, voiceovers or like actually just using images in the reels. But um, I love the reminder that not all content on even within a platform is going to do the same stuff. So, or have the same impact. So great point. Like, are you actually creating content designed for visibility? That would be the first place to start. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. No, no, it's good. Cause like you said, that's the first thing to check before then we think, okay, now let's step away because actually one of the things I would argue I, I think quite powerful, probably it keeps people in social media, but it actually could be a less time consuming way. So one of the things I think is really powerful is around like doing collaborations and partnerships. And that sometimes will be on a platform. So that could be you are like you do a joint IG live, for example. So that's still on the platform. But in other ways, it could be like me being on this podcast. It could be you taking part in a summit. It could be anything else that involves someone else. And what you're looking for is this shared audience that's in common. So you know, I am automatically going to be visible by a new set of people. And I expect X percent of that audience to be people that would find what I'm talking about useful or what I'm showing or what I'm showcasing, et cetera, useful. Mm -hmm. So that's like yeah. definitely like, I think one of the easiest and fairly quick ways, like normally if you start to build those relationships, you can start to reach out to people and start those collaborations like fairly easy. Um, another thing, obviously, like we mentioned earlier is you can do visibility through like running paid ads. So if you're absolutely just like, I need a break, you can, because you've already got an audience. If you've already been doing it, for example, you already probably know some information, you know what content works. You could decide to just run a few paid ads, but then you only create the creative and like the content, what the like caption or whatever once or twice, you might do a bit of AB testing, but then that can run for weeks or months without you really having to do much more work. So it could be that you've already know that you've got some absolute like nuggets, like you worked out exactly how to sell yourself really well. And then you could actually put that out there but rather than you having to just manually do it all the time. There could be an ad that keeps on running for it. That's like another option. And the other one mm -hmm. I definitely would want to mention for like is around like search. I always say to people, if you want to spend less time on social, you want to be understanding search more. Um, whether that is you like having a blog, which means you can be found via Google, whether that's being on YouTube, whether like, cause I know you have quite a lot of like creators in your um, 
listening to podcasts. Like maybe it's like about Pinterest, mm-hmm. for example. Like that's one that a lot of people sleep on. The lifetime span of a Pinterest pin <laughs> compared to a like social media post is just crazy. Like I still get traffic from pins I created years ago. So again, this is another mm-hmm. way of being like, you're still creating, you're still having to make content, but we're just extending the lifetime so that you're not having to feel like I have to make so much every single week. Mm-hmm. So good. If someone is listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, so many opportunities. I have so many ideas now. Like I want to do collaborations and Pinterest and search and like a blog. Um, they might be feeling like, how could I possibly fit all of this in? I know that one of your kind of ex like ex ex one of your expertises, one of your points of expertise <laughs> is planning and like kind of making those decisions around here's all the things I want to do. Let's put that into something that can actually happen. So why don't we dig a little bit here into okay, we have heard a lot of different options of ways that we can be found by new people or ways that we can maybe scale back the social media a little bit to incorporate some other activities. Um, How would you suggest someone listening who's feeling excited about a lot of these different things, I guess, funnels that excitement into a plan (laughs) that can actually happen without overwhelming them and taking all of their time? Yeah. So one of my big things is like, I really talk about creating a marketing strategy or plan that one person can deliver by themselves, especially also if you're then running your business and doing other things in your business. So you're right about having a real awareness about what is physically possible for someone. And that is why planning is like really important. So what I would probably first want to do is gain an understanding of how much time you are spending on marketing at the moment. And then like we said, okay, maybe if we can then peel back by cutting back. And actually this is something I've done recently myself. So I used to post on Instagram five times a day and um, five times a day. Crazy no. lady. <laughs> I used to post wow. <laughs> there's a reason why there's a slip up, I'll tell you why. So I used to post five times a week and when everything starts to change, I just thought actually this is not necessary. So I pull back to three times a week and I now currently in August I'm doing three TikToks a day. <laughs> wow. So that was, yeah. So but I love it. going. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll table that. I will we'll ask you about that. Yeah, you can ask me that. <laughs> but one of the things I did was I looked at well, how much time I took something off my plate before I put something else on. So I like was like, well, fine, I've gained back some time because actually the amount of time I would spend on an Instagram reel is usually longer than a TikTok because I just feel they're normally, normally a bit more polished. But it's also for me, caption writing was just, it's a longer uh, consuming thing to do than write like two sentences which is, and a few hashtags, which is all I do on TikTok. So I first of all looked at what I could take off and then was able to be like, well, then this is the time I can use to something else. One of the other things I'd always say is also only add one thing in at a time. So if you've just sat there and you're like, I could start a blog and I could do a podcast and I could do a YouTube channel and I can go on Pinterest and I can do it. It's like, mm-hmm. no, let's look. And I always say to people like the golden, what we're trying to find is something that's going to cross over between your ideal audience or client is in that space it makes sense for them to like they're going to actually be able to see your content or your marketing for your business if you're in there one it works well for your business so for example one of the things i would usually say is like as a photographer normally you would think like having a podcast probably isn't the most 
obvious one because you'd rather have something where people could see stuff. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. I actually know stylists, like, for example, it's got a really good podcast, but it's not normally the most obvious. Like think of what would naturally showcase your brand in the best way. And then thirdly, yourself. And this is particularly important if you're doing your marketing yourself, because what happens is people will see someone else probably doing it really well and they think they can replicate it because it works for their business and it works for their audience. And in big business, that's what we do. We will just, you'll see all big businesses probably like marketing in exactly the same space because they will have an expert who can come in and do that. And they know as long as it works for their business and it works for their ideal client, go for it. But if you ignore the fact that you are having to do that. So I think even the way Lauren was talking about like, if video isn't something you're extremely comfortable with with your face, it's like, it's going to take you a bit of time probably to learn how, what some alternatives are or to improve your confidence around camera that I'd be like, maybe that's not the one to go for straight away. Whereas if you had loads of amazing, like if you had loads of amazing photography, I would say just fine. You could just go on Pinterest straight away and that would work. So you're trying to find this sweet spot between what you, based on your strengths, where your ideal client or audience is and what's going to showcase your business the best. And then look at that and see like which one sits the best between all three of those things and then try that and try it for an amount of time that you're like, okay, I can see if I, it works. So quite often I'll even say between like a month to three months. So normally I practice something for a whole quarter if I'm experimenting, but I think a month is still enough for you to realize if there's been like any traction or if it works for you. Do that and actually physically do it, give it a go. And then if you are like, fine, this works, then you can say this is now past the test and it's going to go into like my mm-hmm. standard marketing. But then if you get to send and you're like, no, it's not for me, you can just let it go. And then that's when you can choose like the second thing or the third thing on the list. So good. <laughs> I love the tip to add one thing at a time. That's yeah. like not what I do usually. <laughs> so I, sometimes the results are good, but it's super overwhelming. So I yeah. really love that reminder because... Yeah. And I just think it's, it's easy to bite off so much more than we can chew. It's so easy to bite off more than you can chew. And I think my opposite view is like, I really want people to be able to be consistent. And if you try mm-hmm. and do also, if you do too many things simultaneously, you can't work out what's actually worked. That like you will right. find it more difficult to know, oh, this was what made the change. If all of a sudden you just added three new things into what you're doing in your marketing. Whereas if you've just mm-hmm. added one, then you, you, it's easier for you to actually analyze which one has actually made the difference as well. Right. Okay. Now I want to hear about three TikToks a day. So <laughs> I know that TikTok is a platform that likes a lot of content. And like you say, the polish level generally is lower overall than it is on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it feels more doable to do something like that. However, that still is a lot. So it is. <laughs> why are we doing this? Have I mean, I guess we're eight days in as we record this. So yes. <laughs> we can't assess how the month has gone. But like, are you noticing anything? Like just. Yeah, I just did my week review so I can give you the tea. So perfect. A little bit of context is just so I actually only properly started on the platform back in January. Um, I really class myself as a generalist marketing person, which is I will never tell you to use a specific platform. But mm-hmm. I make integrated strategies. So whatever people want to use, I then try and make sure they're all really connected and they work well. I try and repurpose content across stuff as well as possible. And I felt it was just like irresponsible for me now just to not really understand TikTok because anyone could come at some day and say that's what they wanted to do. Like there is definitely mm-hmm. a crossover between people repurposing TikToks and 
Instagram reels and also because short form video is going nowhere and I just want to make that really really clear because even we could argue like Pinterest now is becoming much more about idea pins which basically are video and we're like seeing even YouTube is like really pushing YouTube shorts there is and like Facebook has changed the reels thing to be the feed to be even more prominent short form video is going nowhere and I was like I need to learn how to master it so I started with one day we uh, one video a day so that's what I did in January and then from February, I've been doing two videos a day, normally like every single weekday. And then it depends on the weekend. Like for the last month and a half, I'd probably done one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. And for August, I decided to do what I classed as all in for August, because as you said, it TikTok lights content, but also what it is, is it's not based on your following. It's based purely on just how that video does. So when a video is first posted out, it will like go out to 200 people. And depending on like the number of likes, the comments, how many saves it's had then, that's how TikTok works out if it's going to push it out to more people. So you can have, and I've had a few videos that have just, the views are way higher than my normal and they've been higher than my followers. And so I know there is a potential and I wanted to have the ability to, whilst I knew August was slightly quieter, I have a lot of clients that um, are parents and are like their business, they're taking time off in the summer. So like I have more time. This is the time to like punish myself if I'm ever going to do it sort of thing. <laughs> but also mm-hmm. really try format. So the fact, you know, in Loving, you spoke about Instagram reels, like you can do a voiceover version, you can do this. And there's loads of different variations, which I hadn't really been exploring because I know I had a few styles that worked for me. And I was like, well, if I add in an extra one every day, it also means I can try different techniques out and see how they Mm -hmm. work. So my actual first week, my following growth hasn't been more, which is interesting than the other weeks. Um, But I had to have like one video that wasn't my usual style and it was a tactic I tried off someone else, which did work. And I was like, okay, that's good to see. So I can see the benefit. And now I'm like, getting to actually try things out and then change up my content mix going forward, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to have a wider variety um, rather than just like just point and dance and just talk to the camera all day. And like, and I don't do my, I hardly ever mime because I find miming really stressful. It takes me too long. I can mime <laughs> to a song, but when it's just like sound, like sound bites, it's so hard. Yeah. It's like memorizing. Um. So, okay, this is really interesting. Well, what are you thinking about? I mean, again, we're not yeah. even halfway through August, but how does it feel trying to create that much content? Like, is it something you would try to continue doing or so, I don't is it think really I just a short term? I don't yeah. think I will. I think I will take it back down to the two um two a week um two a day once August is over. But I think now it just means I would have a better variety in it. It's been actually quite fine. My like I do batching, obviously as Lauren would expect from me. So I'll do my mm-hmm. talking to camera ones as a batch. And then I will spend a little bit of time scrolling to find trending sounds and then I'll just add those in through the week. So that's how I manage to like uh do it is like Back to the stuff that's that what we would class as like the evergreen content, like the stuff I talk about is always going to be the same. And then I would do like through the week, I could add one in based on a comment. So I might reply to a comment or might say a trend in audio and think, okay, I can put that spin on it. So yeah, actually doing the first week, the 21 videos actually wasn't as like hard as I expected. And like with everything, it's because I didn't try and go from zero to three. Like this is what I'm saying. I actually did one a day right. for the whole month and then I did two a day so I've just been incrementing it and I think it's a really good example of what I try and teach people which is like don't go from zero to everything because that's why you're not going to be able to maintain it 
actually build stuff up slowly. So two a day now is totally my rhythm. So I'm only pushing myself to make an extra one a day, really. Right. Hmm. (laughs) So interesting. Um, Okay. So we've touched on long form content a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think long form content is, I would like for you to define it, but I just think it's something that most of my audience does not do. I know and I've heard from a few that have maybe a YouTube video. Some people have a blog, but people who listen to this podcast, I would guess a very small percentage of them consistently create long form content. So let's talk about what long form content is and why it might be worth thinking about um, in addition to or in place of some of their social media content. Yeah. So long form content would be, I don't actually know like technically what the definition would be of like, what is long over short? But usually like when I talk about it, I'm talking about podcast episodes, YouTube videos, blog posts. So that could be, so you have audio, a video and written versions of it, but it's about having something like of substance in terms of it's not as short, normally it's not a one minute digest. There's going to be something that someone has to sit down for amount of time to be able to consume and how it normally differs from I suppose social media is that it's a place where like you might own it so it might be like a blog is on your actual website you can obviously have podcasts that can go on your website as well as the fact that they're on um, um, like podcast players um, all the YouTube videos will sit on YouTube but people will buy into that actual form of content so like people subscribe to the podcast so like you might be a subscriber right now so then you are looking forward to when the next episode comes out people will follow a youtube channel and they're like waiting to like see when the next one comes out and people will say stuff like in their videos like new video every tuesday and friday (laughs) and then like blog posts Mm -hmm. so historically we used to have like the rss feed which i feel like no one uses anymore but like i send an email out to my mailing list every single time so a new a new blog post goes out every wednesday and every wednesday my mailing list will get uh will get an email to notify them so it's this idea that you are creating something that is of value that people will want to consume but they actually are doing it more in their own like their own control than necessarily social media where we're just like here's a little snippet here's something short and more bite-sized and really social media is like we predominantly want to be there for our friends like that's historically what it was for it was for friends it was for community not for businesses to be like selling on it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's for like traditionally it's been for more like timely updates versus like forever content that can always be referenced and revisited and found. Um, I mean, that's yeah. The the long form content, like I would predominantly say you want to make it as evergreen as possible, which means someone can listen or read it or watch it now, two months, two years later, and it still works. And for me, the real power comes when you combine long form content with SEO. When those two come together, that enables you. And like, it's for me, it definitely is like SEO drives 70% of the traffic to my website. And some of them Mm -hmm. are blog posts that I wrote years ago. So it means I'm not having to, this takes us off this idea of like a content hamster wheel, because I know that people are going to be able to find my content without me having to do any more promotion of it because the search engines are doing that for it. But also what it is, like really useful is you can go into more detail than you can on a social media platform. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And you can link, you can, you know, yeah. there's, there's lots of other. <laughs> My like big one about podcast too. is when you say, we can go listen to like number 72 and I'm like, oh, it's like the dream. You can just like say a number and people know where to go. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. Um, okay. Well, for anyone listening who's like, um, this sounds good. I love the idea of my content having a longer lifespan and being able to be found beyond like the two days after I posted it on Instagram, what might be some like initial first steps in figuring out what long form platform to start with? You mentioned podcast, YouTube and blog. I think those would probably be the main ones. Mm -hmm. Um, How might someone decide on what platform and like start to formulate a plan for using it? So the first thing would be what does like your ideal buyer actually use? Um, to be honest, nowadays all three are mainly used. I think the like podcast like ratings have definitely turned around. Like more and more people was, uh, like listening to it. Podcasts definitely weren't as popular. I don't think like I think the pandemic did the podcast world fabulous. Um, <laughs> and I think it's really, like yeah. Thanks. So I think no, it's quite rare that I would say there's one of them that would definitely be like my audience or my ideal buyer is not there in any way, shape or form. But that's the first thing you want to do. You just want to make sure actually, do I think that I will be able to have a like listenership, viewership or readership if I went on this platform? Then the other thing to think about is what actually are you excited to create about? Because all of them have pros and cons. And I actually, I have a blog post all about like how to choose between a podcast, a YouTube and a blog post. I've made all three. All of them have pros and cons. <laughs> amazing we will link to that for sure that's great i can put it up because it's one of those things where there is you know you have a podcast it's like no one knows what we're hearing right now that's amazing but like you said you can't necessarily ever like show things and you might be someone that's like quite visual and you want to be able to do this and you can't like i'm always i'm quite an expressionate person i'm like no one's seen my hands and i'm just flying around all the time (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and then it might be that you or and also the thing about podcast episodes is it has the longest amount of time that people will listen to them, but people are normally doing something else alongside. So quite often people listen to podcast episodes when they're walking, when they're washing the pots, when they're like doing, they're cleaning the house, they're doing other things. They're on the gym, like they're on a, in the gym. So you're not getting their sole attention. Whereas actually if you do a YouTube video or blog post, the amount of, of time that people will spend consuming that content is shorter, but it might be so like, focus time um right so it's like it's weighing up those types of things about what is going to enable you to probably like it's going to work best and the reality is sometimes one will be very obvious this one's going to be but again a bit like with social like when i spoke about choosing the other options the reality is prob in most cases all three of them would work like i know definitely like in my world i have got examples of other people just like me that have got podcast episode podcasts some people got youtube channels some of us got a blog and we all get like can be successful so i don't think as if like what if you choose the wrong one it's going to be the be all and end all right yeah awesome any final thoughts about you know just kind of thinking through a marketing strategy that isn't exclusively reliant on social media, particularly as social media starts to feel tougher and tougher to kind of keep up with. Yeah. So the one thing we haven't mentioned that I think it's super important and lots of people don't do enough about it is email. Um, I think, (gasps) (laughs) yeah, email is, I, I think the like sleeping giant for so many businesses in terms of 
actually, especially if you're trying to come off social media, but you still want to keep connection. Because what I would say is, obviously, if you are doing long form content, it's, it's similar in terms of um, it's mass. You make one message and it goes out to a lot of people. If you do advertising, it's the same thing. And it can feel as if you're not necessarily getting information back. I think YouTube is probably the closest in terms of people can comment. So you can still get that feedback in the interaction. But like mm-hmm. blogs, very, like I don't, I feel if I get a comment, I like would do a dance. That's how often I get a comment on my blog. And like podcast, yeah. again, you don't, it's like someone might tag you on Instagram stories to say they listen to it, but you don't necessarily get that feedback. It's very much like you're putting the message out and then you're waiting for things to come back into your world. Email is one of those ways that you can get a bit more personal because you want, it's like a closed world. So I like consciously like say, I will share stuff on my email that I won't share anywhere else because actually the fact is I know these are all people that want to hear probably a bit more about me. They want to know what's happening behind the scenes of my business and it feels like a safe space. So it allows me to be able to be like share more. And that also then means there's a selling point for why I want people to join my mailing list. But also you manage over time to be gathering information about people that are in your mailing list. That means you can send targeted emails. So even when we think about email, most people think newsletter. And they're like, I'm going to send a newsletter out to everyone on my list. That's what I'm going to do. And you like, we'll pick a frequency and you send it out. But I'm like, actually, you have this opportunity with email like to actually be even more targeted than that. And it could be that like you've asked a question, you've asked people to click on a link or something. It's like all those people that clicked on that, then you then send them something like that follows up on it. And that's more bespoke. It's a more personalized message because you know they've got a specific interest in that. And the fact is people can respond to you in email. So it can also go from a one-to-mass message to a one-to-one because you can ask people to reply. You might get some replies and then you can then take that into a one-on-one format. So I really think in terms of when we spoke about some of the other techniques earlier, they were about visibility. It's like email is not going to increase your visibility, but it's the engagement, the nurturing part of the like buyer journey in terms of once people have got into your world. And so if you're thinking about coming off Instagram, for example, or another social media platform, telling people that you're going to make that move and being like, you know, that's why now's a really good time to make sure you're on my mailing list. Like if you want to keep up to date, this is where I'm going to keep people up to date. And then you can continue the conversation there and it can be a great nurturing tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Cosign everything you just said 100%. (laughs) Email is super, super powerful. We're not necessarily saying that people should give up on social media. In fact, we are here with Sherelle, who is posting three times a day to TikTok. But hopefully this episode has given people some thoughts about ways to diversify a little bit when it comes to thinking through how you can be found in new ways by new people social media is not the only place to do that. And so if you are feeling like you're spinning your wheels or you're putting so much effort into social media and not seeing the outcomes that you want, um, I think Sherelle has given us so much to think about when it comes to just the variety of other options that we have um, that in many ways may be more um, efficient, maybe more long lasting. So lots, lots of good things to think about here. Any final thoughts before we transition into the lovely questions that I get to ask all of my wonderful guests? Um, yeah, I think I just really reinforce, like you said about, just think about the diversification. I am absolutely someone who is on social media. Like I'm very present on it. But as I said, 
70% of my like traffic comes from um, search and I like have a really good email list that I've really like spend a lot of time on. I have a blog, which is why people get to know me. I don't rely, like if one of my social media accounts was to disappear, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And I think that's what we wanted to get out of this episode is just to be like, marketing is much more than social media. Um, and if you're really struggling with it, is to know there are other options because I think also even just knowing you've got other options might make you feel a bit better than feeling like this is the only way to succeed and you can look at the other options and then being like actually maybe this is hard but that's the option I'm choosing to go with rather than thinking it's that way or the highway yeah yeah and my other big takeaway is just the recommendation to make one significant change at a time give it a shot for a month or a quarter maybe and then think about adding something else. But, you know, this probably is not the time if you listen to this episode to quit social media altogether and then start five different long form content platforms and an email list that goes out every day, like make one change at a time and you'll be able to see what actually is making an impact. That's a great, great point. Um, okay. So Sherelle, how do you approach doing good through your small business? So my main way of doing good is to really help women who are smart, ambitious, driven to actually get their reach in their business that they deserve. Like one of my biggest things outside of actual business is really helping women to be able to make more money um, so they can have like financial independence, both for themselves like now and in the future. And I really see like entrepreneurship as a tool for doing that. And so me helping them to fulfill their business desires is my way of doing good. Mm -hmm. I love it. What is one small business <laughs> that you admire? Um, so I really like Lucy Verner, who runs the Vern Agency. And we have spoken about her book on the podcast before, um, mm -hmm. about Hype Yourself. I really think she's probably like quite similar to me, but just the PR side. And I think, again, that's probably actually something we didn't mention today that's great for uh, raising your visibility in terms of actually there is marketing as one way. But PR is a whole nother like kettle of fish that so many of us don't even put on the table. And she really breaks it down and makes it really DIY friendly. So I really love just like everything she sends out. She has a great newsletter as well. Um, <laughs> um, awesome. But, so yeah, definitely someone's check out. Perfect. Um, and yeah, I'll link in the show notes also the links to past book club episodes because we have had some really great ones. And like Cheryl said, um, we did one on Hype Yourself by Lucy Werner. So we will link that as well. Um, and speaking of books, what is a book recommendation? <laughs> I know this is a very hard question for someone so, so booky, but do you have one book recommendation for us? Yeah. So it's a really difficult question, but I'm going to go with the 12 week year just because I spoke about like planning um, and really like breaking that down and like committing to something. I think it's really good if you decide I want to try something out for the quarter, like get 12 week year, stick to it, follow it through and see if you get the results you actually want and make a decision about whether then that stays in your plan or not. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, Sherelle, tell us a little bit about how folks can work with you and connect with you online, learn more about what you're about, just all the ways that they could go a little bit further with you if they like what they hear, which I know they will. 
Cool. So the best thing to do is go over to my website, which is sherellegriffith.com. You'll be able to go to my blog where you can read my all the blog posts that are all there to help you improve your marketing and grow your business. I have two main ways of people working with people. As I said, making marketing strategies that one person can deliver. That's like my thing. I can either do it with you in a day and then leave you off to go back into the world and apply it. Or if you're someone that's like, I know I need training and support and accountability, then I have a six-month mentorship. But all the information is on my website. And if you are on social media, I am still on the gram. (laughs) (laughs) And if you just want to be hardcore and check out the foolery of what I'm trying to do over on TikTok, again, it's Cheryl Griffith. So it's exactly the same handle name. (laughs) Amazing. It will all be linked in the show notes. Sherelle, thank you so much. This has been super fun having you as a regular guest and not my co-host um, for the for the book club. I loved digging into your marketing expertise. I love the way your brain works. It's so different from mine. So every time we chat, I always learn something. So thank Yay. you so much for this. I really appreciate it. As I edit these episodes, sometimes someone will say something that has me pausing and writing down the quote word for word. I had one of those moments today when Sherelle said, social media is an option when it comes to marketing, but it's not the be all and end all. Consciously or not, too many of us think that social media is the only way to spread the word about our businesses, grow an audience and generate sales. And I really hope that this episode has shown you that there are many, many other opportunities out there for those of you experiencing some burnout and overwhelm when it comes to social media. As you probably gathered, Sherelle is an amazing and incredibly organized marketer, and I absolutely recommend that you go check her out on Instagram, TikTok, and her blog, of course, to learn a lot more about marketing. It'll all be linked up in the show notes, which you can find at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 137. I know that Sherelle and I would both love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram. Sherelle is at Sherelle Griffith, and I'm at Lauren Tilden. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. First, I would be honored if you would leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button. If you have a friend you think would enjoy the podcast, you can share the link with them. This one is makinggoodpodcast.com slash 137. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.